This week on the Baseline Podcast, we talk about how the Cleveland Cavaliers are not just a surprise team. They are a team that can do some damage in the near future. We also talk about how the highest State Buckeyes men's basketball team helped a lot of Buckeyes fans enjoy a win after a disappointing weekend. And then we talk about the game and how disappointed it was for both Ohio State fans and for college football fans. And then we talk about what's next, the Rose Bowl, coaching changes, all that and so much more coming up next on the Baseline Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. My name is Ben and I hope you had an amazing week. I hope you've had a time to relax, maybe uh, watch some Christmas movies. If you can see behind me, Christmas tree is up, the box is over there too. That's what happens when you live in an apartment, you know? Uh, but we are here, going to talk about some sports. Uh, hopefully that you are enjoying the holiday. It's it's December, which is just weird to me. I, I keep thinking about that as I'm going to school and stuff. It's It's just, this year's gone way too fast. Uh, but enough about the holidays. Let's talk about sports. And today we are going to talk about, well, it's been a rough week for me as a sports fan. Um, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just been rough. Uh, no, but honestly, um, it, once again, I just want to thank uh, Aaron Lynn for joining last week. Uh, that was a really a pleasure and a, and a blessing to have him on. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. The conversation was a uh, was a really fun. It was fun to just to talk sports with somebody else other than myself, and to be able to hear feedback was was also really cool. So, uh, yeah, a rough week turned into an okay week, and I'll get into that here in a second. We're first going to start in the NBA. The reason I want to start in the NBA is because you know I read an article today, and I'm recording this on Friday. So I read an article today that said, well, the Cavs are supposed to be a like a downer, a laughing stock. We're supposed to be down and out. And yet they're not. And I have some thoughts on that. And I, and I thought I would share them. But first, I like, again, like, it's so funny how I contradict myself. Uh, last week, I said, hey, the Cavs, they, they're just not that good of a team. They're, they're injury prone, which is true. But uh, Aaron even told me, hey, we need, you need to watch it because, you know, this is a good team. And, and I'm seeing that, right? Like, Kevin Love will not be a starter again on this team and these veterans will not start. It's a young team and they're going to, they're going to play well. And you're seeing that, you know, it's a big surprise for all of us Cavs fans, but just, I think the NBA in general is they're finally getting healthy, right? Like I, the one thing about sports is if you're not healthy, you're not going to win ball games. And if you don't win ball games, it's just, it's just never fun for your fans or for you. So I just would say this, the one thing I have noticed and I've been able to watch a lot of the highlights and I've, I've, picked up a few of the games and sorry, I'm plugging my computer in as I talk. There we go. Uh, <laughs> anyways. So like I was saying, they've been playing efficient basketball. They have, you know, they, they lost five straight. Right. And that was kind of when I was kind of saying, Hey, this team, it's just not that good of a team, but then they've won the last three and they've won the last three pretty convincingly in the sense that, They've had good guard play. They've had a, you know, they've just, they've played well. It's not like they've done anything crazy. They just know how to win the ball game and, and they continue to play well. And I think that's where you're going to see this team is different than a lot of these other veteran teams is that they don't have a lot of these guys that need to sit and, and save energy. They can pop another young guy in there left and right. And you look at their three wins against Magic. Well, that's, that's not saying much. The Mavs and Miami, those are two teams that are right there at the same spot, kind of fighting for that chance and beat them and beat them pretty well. Uh, I actually have their, their schedule pulled up. They beat 
the Dallas, they beat 114 to 96, and they beat Miami by over 30. Love was the leading scorer in the last game, which, again, just love. And Garland, by the way, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and no one really said anything. Garland has been unreal passing the ball. He has had, he's led the team with 12 assists one game, 6, 11, 5, 8, 5, 6, 5, 11, 7, 11, 9, 7. Like he's a good, he's becoming a great distributor of the ball. And it's, it's making this team very tough to guard. They don't have Sexton. They Love has been in and out health-wise, but then they got Mobley back. You know, they have these guys that are just, that are playing really well. You know, I was on stream. Uh, if you didn't know, I stream on Twitch. And uh, I was streaming uh, 2K, and I realized how bad the Cavs are in that game. But it reminded me, you know, it doesn't take him for the fact of hustle plays and things like that. And that's one thing this team does. Now, the next few games will really test, like, is Cleveland back or is this just a stretch, right? They play Washington, Utah, Milwaukee, three teams that are pretty good. Three teams are going to give them a challenge. And I'm interested to see what happens. And one of those things that you see with the NBA specifically is that, yes, you can score, right? And I said this last week, but you need to have those kind of like grit guys, and I said the, the Warriors have shown they don't necessarily have the grit guys, at least uh, not the Warriors, the Lakers. The Warriors do. But the Cavs really have that. I, I'm just interested to see when they play tougher competition, are they going to be able to keep consistency and so forth? So, yeah, a lot of challenges, tough stretch along the way. But the Cavs aren't the only surprise on the year. And Phoenix Suns fans might think that I'm completely wrong by this. But I would have to say the Suns are an ex- are very, very much a surprise this year. You look at this team; they've won 18 straight. They beat the Warriors. They play the Warriors next, so they basically play them in two and three games, twice in three games. This is a team that you know they're 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 just they're solid, right? Like I looked at their schedule; it's 18 wins is about all you can do. But I looked at their roster the other day, um, and you look at this roster. You have DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, Chandler Hutchinson, Cameron Johnson, Frank Kaminsky, JL McGee, Abel Nadir, Chris Paul, Cameron Payne, Alfred Payton, Dario Saric, Landry Shamet, Jalen Smith, Ish Wainwright, right? Like all these dudes right here, like you look at this team outside of like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and I guess you could throw in uh, maybe Jay Crowder. This is a very much a grit team that just has found a way to win ball games and they keep finding a way to win ball games. And I think that's what's so important is that you you have a team that just knows how to put it together. And this team is showing that every single day, every single game, every highlight I watch of them, they just they're playing the game of basketball the way it should be played. And it's like, hey, we have good offense. Hey, we have a good defense. Um, because I looked at their I looked at their schedule. And yeah, there's been some close games. Minnesota, that was a close game. But after that, I mean, outside of they beat Cleveland only by five at Cleveland. Like there's been a lot of games where it's been close, but there's a lot of games where they've really handed it to them. And I, and I think that just goes to show that this is a team that is, is playing the top of its game. And you look at Chris Paul, Chris Paul this year is just having a heck of a year. You know, he's averaging, uh, what is it? He's averaging 14 points, 10 assists. Like he's just having one of those years. It's like, hey, I'm going to pass the ball. I'll score when I need to and and so on. And I think that just goes ahead and shows, you know, what what the NBA is like. Um, 
And another surprise that it's more of a good story, right? Like you all know I'm a high state fan. Watched the high state basketball my whole life. And one of my favorite players to watch in recent memory, there's been two, right? There's been Aaron Kraft, who, fun fact, fun fact about Aaron Kraft, he came and played in Hungary, where I'm living now. He came and played here for a year, which was just kind of cool. Um, I love watching him and then Jay Sean Tate. Two guys that were, they just hustled, great defenders, great just, they just had the it factor, right? Jay Sean Tate, everyone said he was undersized. He was 6'4", you know, 200. 25 pounds. He's just, he's not going to make it in the NBA. So he goes over and plays in Belgium. Then he goes from Belgium. He goes to, to Australia. And then he had a, just a blowout year in Australia, just like a year out of nowhere. He gets a chance with the Rockets last year and just has an amazing year, signs an extension. And he is turned into one of those players that you look and you can show that to your son or your daughter and say, hey, you don't have to be seven foot tall. You don't have to be the next LeBron James. You don't have to be the next Chris Paul, for for example. You just have to play your game your way and do it the right way. And that's what this Jay Sean Tate has done. You know, every, every time he was in Columbus, everyone loved him just because it was Jay Sean Tate. It just his hustle, his his motivation, his teamwork. This guy had, had a career high of 32 points the other night, and I just... It's just an awesome story. So if you ever get a chance, follow Jay Sean Tate. He's he's an amazing guy. Uh, he just seems like he has a great head on his shoulders um, and is making a difference out there for the Rockets. Now we go from you know a former Buckeye. Now we're going to talk about the Buckeyes, and we're talking about college basketball. As you all know, I I love college basketball. It's kind of like what I I always say. Like I'm not really a big fan of the NBA. Uh, high school basketball is okay, but college basketball is where I really, I started falling in love with the game even more if I didn't already. Um, and Ohio state, obviously as a high state fan, I'll, I'll talk about it later in the show about the, the game this past weekend. That was very discouraging for us. High state fans. And actually going into this game against Duke, uh, on Saturday or on Tuesday, I actually wasn't even going to like really care about it, but I woke up on Wednesday morning and since I'm here in Hungary, the game was still going on. It started like 3.30 here. And so by the time I woke up, the game was still going on. I'm like, no, no. And and they won, right? Like my dad, even I called my dad and talked about it. And he was like, yeah, they, yeah, I went to bed early because I thought they were going to lose. And that's where I get into about this team. I, again, this win does help ease the pain. It does help, you know, kind of just, yeah, soften the blow of the loss on Saturday. But there's something about this basketball team that is so interesting. It's almost bipolar in the sense like they have one game where they play like they did against Duke. Almost like two halves. I mean, this team can never be consistent, which is the one thing that does worry me about the future of this team is will there be consistency or are we going to find this, this a little ch- more challenging uh, in the future? And I do believe that this team that we saw on against Duke, especially the second half, the whole game, but especially the second half. That is the team that I think we can see the rest of the year. I think that's the kind of team that they can be a hustling team, a fiery team, a, Hey, we're going to score the rock when we get a chance. And by the way, they were missing three guys. And so that to me, they were shorthanded and coming back the way they did beating Duke gives you that confidence. And I, and I, I say this all the time. That's being a part of a college basketball team. That was one thing that I noticed about, you know, a, a team that 
it's kind of in a struggle is like when you beat a team that people are saying you're not supposed to beat, that's when you get this huge boost of energy. You get this huge boost of confidence. It's you're going to win. That's kind of like what happens. It, ju- it just does. It's, it's a weird, I guess it's kind of weird in the sense like, you know, honestly, in the sense that no one thought that Duke would lose, you know, Duke just became the number one team. They just beat Gonzaga. But again, it shows that in college basketball, and I, I've learned this too, college basketball, anything can happen. And we saw that on Tuesday night. My takeaways is that this is an actual tough team. You know, there was talks that this wasn't a tough team. I even said they weren't a tough team, but I got to see a team that was tough and resilient. This team was probably one of the most re- resilient teams in the sense that they just, they, they found a way to, to win when their backs were against the wall, when everyone was counting them out, when people were probably turn off their TVs, people probably wanted to leave the game. Um, it's just a really, really cool thing to see. And I also believe this team can beat any team in the country. I believe this team can beat any team. I don't see why not. Uh, yeah, they are. A, it is a tough, a tough road, especially in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's good, right? Like I think the top five teams in the Big Ten most likely at the end of the year will be in the top fifteen of the of the country. So, do I see them winning the Big Ten? No. Do I see them finishing the top five of the Big Ten? Yes, I think they can. Uh, they start Big Ten play coming up here, and I'm really interested to see how it goes. Um, it's always a challenge. It's always a – the Big Ten play is always one of those things where in other conferences, you can be okay in it, but you have to be at your best to finish in the top five, top eight of the Big Ten. And I will say this about college basketball this year, and I've been able to keep track of it as you know, football season is obviously slowing down. That there's only a handful of teams I can say, hey, they're pretty good, right? Like they're the top five teams. I think Gonzaga, Duke, I still think is. Purdue is definitely a top 10 team. These teams are having to show themselves. Like they're going to get challenged every day. You have a you have a bullseye on your back when you're the number one team or a top five team. But I do believe these are the teams that are there to beat. Um, hopefully once March Madness comes around, we'll have a better idea who is the best team. Um, and, and I'm very interested to see who that ends up being. Um, but that's that's everything on the hardwood. That's everything in the basketball world of things I want to talk about. Uh, again, I could spend hours talking about this. Maybe if I get a co-host one day, I, I don't have to burn my voice out talking about all this. But uh, definitely for sure, I enjoy watching basketball. Tell me your thoughts below. What, what are you thinking about college basketball? Is High State a legit team or is this just a one-off thing? And also in the NBA, who's your team? Who do you root for and how are they doing? Uh, yeah, let me know all that. I love having conversations about anything and everything basketball. And from the hardwood, we are going to the gridiron. We're going to be talking about the game and just how disappointed it is coming up now. A disappointing weekend to say the least for both as a Ohio State fan and as a Browns fan. We'll start first in college football and with the game that, as you know, Aaron and I talked about last week, we were both hyped about it. As an Ohio State fan, that's the one game every year you look forward to. Last year, it was taken away from us, so they made it even more important for this game. And yet, it uh, it didn't go as well as I think any Ohio State fan. Well, if you're a Michigan fan, it went really well. But as a Ohio State fan, it, it definitely it definitely showed a lot of things. Um, a couple of things that I've noticed is one, Ohio State didn't show up right. Like from the kickoff and from that first drive, I said this is going to be a long game. Uh, you know, when it comes to a rivalry, and and I grew up, right, in, in Ohio, I've grown up around this rivalry my whole life. 
Uh, I've watched it with my dad numerous times, my family. I remember the 2006 game. I actually rewatched it today. 2006 game where, you know, it was one versus two. Everything was on the line for the national title. And you saw dudes just drilling each other and hitting each other and picking each other up, you know, that aggressiveness. I'm going to be 100% honest. And I know there's other analysis that have said the same thing. Like, high State just didn't want it. They didn't want it. And I think you had seniors that wanted it or juniors, guys that had been there. But there are guys on that team that have never played against Michigan, never played in this game. And obviously, it's almost like they didn't realize the importance of it. And, and I hate to say that because I think anybody that goes to high State knows of the rivalry. It's, it's in the Woody Hayes Center. It's talked about all over town. But I think it was a wake-up call that needed to happen. And I know I never want to lose to Michigan, right? Like, they're still ahead in the, the overall series. Um, now Michigan fans can brag about it for 365 days. Okay, awesome. But also, I like to remind them they've won three times since, like, was it 2001 or something like that? Like, like, come on. Like, uh, it's one thing to, like, hype up your team. And it's another thing to just be like, you know, you, you I mean, I get it. You haven't beat us in 10 years. You know, as uh, one of my friends says, you know, and uh, a squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. So, you know, that's my thoughts, too, is like, yeah, Michigan was a better team. They, they. They owned us on up uh, up on the line of scrimmage. They owned us in the in the defensive side of the ball. You know, I'll be hundred percent honest. The there was a couple of things I noticed about that game is that the offensive line is definitely an offensive line made up of four tackles, and I think other people have said that too. I know you want to get really good ball players on the on the field, but sometimes you have to think what's best. And I think having those the smaller linemen. Um, could have could have could have could have been a factor. Not saying it was. I'm just saying what I noticed. And obviously the defense just it's not the same defense we we've seen in the past. There there's no pressure. Edge rushers aren't the same. Um, the linebackers were just beat up. Um, the DBs are either young or they're always injured. It just it's a defense that is obviously still fixing holes. And I'll get to the more of that here in, in a second. But my thing is with this game is that, you know, Ohio State, I think these players, right, like with losing that game, and they know this, uh, you know, any competitor does, you know, there's no Big Ten championship on the line. You're almost, if anything, eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, unless some miracle happens, there's no way you're getting in. So what does that mean? That means now, hey, you, you get ready, you know, in a sense, weird way, you root for Michigan, which I hate saying that just to make it to the Rose Bowl, right? If not the Rose Bowl, then the Fiesta Bowl or something like that. Rose Bowl would be amazing, right? And a chance to replay and replay, get a chance to get revenge on Oregon. To me, that would be an amazing matchup just to the storyline itself. And, and we'll get more into that in a second. But I think this this is a team that needed to hear. I think Ryan Day needed this, right? He hasn't lost a Big Ten game in, over his time as head coach. Finally loses one. I think it's good for him. It's good for him to feel that what it's like to lose in the Big Ten. Um, I know he hates it. He's a competitor. You know, people are talking about him to go in the NFL. I want to be honest with you guys. I don't see it. He's too much of a competitor. And also, I, he knows that would leave a nasty taste in a lot of people's mouths, him just to get up and leave. Um, again, I can't stop the guy if that's better for his family and go do it. But I just don't see it happening. And so... There's so many things I can take away from that game. You know, I, I think play calling and, you know, you're not running the ball. You can't run the ball. Like, 
I, I love CJ Shroud. I think if he's not going to win the Heisman, he'll finish in the top two or three. Um, I love the receivers we have. They also got all gypped from the Blintikoff. I just, I really believe that this is a team that needs, they just need to be more balanced. And I, I think next year you'll see that. Uh, maybe even the bowl game, you'll see that. Um, what's next, right? Like, as I say, fan, you sit there and you're discouraged, you're frustrated. You don't really know what to do. You don't know what to say. Um, I'll say this. I, I think there's a strong chance that Michigan will beat Iowa and that Ohio State will go to the Rose Bowl. Um, and they'll play the winner of Oregon-Utah, which I would love to see a Ohio State-Oregon rematch. I think, I, I will say this, I think Ohio State will be angry. I think you're going to see an angry team going into whatever bowl game. You know, a lot of people talk about guys not showing up and not playing. I see Alave playing. I see Wilson. I see a lot of these guys saying, hey, I'm not going out on a loss to Michigan. You know, I want to go out on top. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing to see. Um, I've been watching a lot of um, Letterman Row, and they've been talking about a lot of, you know, what's next, you know, the coaching changes. I agree with them. I don't think there needs to be a lot of coaching changes. I think there needs to be just a few. And um, I think a lot of those will be like, I think Kerry Combs will either be gone or he'll just take a different role. I think the Strud, the offensive line coach, will be gone. I think there's a few changes that they can make and they shouldn't make. But other than that, I say, hey, let's just refocus, re-strategize what you're going to do. Um, it's really interesting to see. Um, because of the coaching changes around the, the, the whole college football scene, you have Lincoln Riley going to USC. You have um, Notre Dame getting Chip Kelly. Not Chip Kelly. Wow. Um, what's his name now? Not Chip Kelly. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I am blanking on his name. And I'm going to find this uh, LSU coach. Um. Brian Kelly, there we go. Not Chip Kelly. It's Brian Kelly. I had I was close. Brian Kelly, and then you have obviously um, Freeman. Is that his name? Taking the Notre Dame job. I think it's his name again. Uh, uh. Marcus Freeman. Yep, former Ohio State player. He is going to be the head coach at Notre Dame, which I think could change things up for Ohio State as well. There's just a lot of things that are going to be happening. I think you're going to see a lot of changes happening both inside and outside the program. That's very interesting to see. Also, the Michigan game, the game, is in 358 days or 50, 357, depending on when you're listed to this, or even more. Or, I mean, or even less, depending on when you're listed to this. So, don't worry, Michigan fans. Ohio State will be back, and they'll be back with a vengeance, and I'm not doubting that at all. My games of the week are two games of the week, actually. Since the highest doesn't play, I'm going to say Michigan versus Iowa and then Georgia versus Alabama. Both are going to be some great games. I, I hope to catch some of that. I think Michigan's going to beat Iowa 24-21. to 21. I just think Michigan's run game is too much. And also their defense. Hutchinson, who might also... He has a chance to win the Heisman, honestly. I didn't think I was going to ever say that. He'll be the second defense player ever. Also another Michigan guy that won it. But uh, if he has, he's going to be a tough stop. So. I think it's 24-21 Michigan over Iowa. And then I think Georgia does beat Alabama, knocking Alabama out of the college football play. I think 21-17. to Now, before I move into the NFL, before I move to, to the Browns and everything like that, I do want to give you my college, college playoff picks. 
Uh, I we did this last week with uh, Aaron. I'm going to give you my updated ones since a lot of chaos has happened. Uh, I believe Georgia will be the number one seed. I do believe that Michigan will be the number two seed. I think Cincinnati will win this week. I don't think by a lot, but I think they'll win. They'll be the three seed. And I believe that Oklahoma State will win, and Oklahoma State will be the four seed, which gives you the matchup of Georgia, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati versus Michigan. And you know for sure I'm rooting for Cincinnati. Cincinnati is becoming like my number two team now. I'll be rooting for Cincinnati in the college football playoff. Um, I, I just I want to see Luke Fickle do well, a former high state co- coach and uh, player. Uh, so I'm really interested to see what happens with that. So enough about college football. There's a lot we could talk about. We're going to move on on over to the NFL and talk about, well, another disappointing week. As a Browns fan, I feel like I'm used to this over my lifetime, lifespan, but it's just the way it works, isn't it? Uh, the Browns are have been very disappointing, obviously. Uh, you know, my dad and I were talking about how they're, they're Points per game in like the last six weeks have been awful. They barely scored above like 15 points a game. Uh, they they seem to be always banged up. I mean, they're losing guys left and right. Um, and, and it's it's just it's been very disappointing. I guess against the Ravens team, you cause four turnovers. The defense plays actually pretty well. The Browns defense and it gives you a chance to win. And you know, I hate to say it, but Baker couldn't lead to the victory. I know there's more than just Baker. There's no running game, which I'll speak to in a second. But this one hurt because it puts you in almost a must-win situation for the rest of the year. You pretty much have to win out, go 11-6. and six. Maybe you squeak by at 10-7 at and because it's, it's one of those things. Maybe 10-7, and seven, you, could, you could make the playoffs. Um, but the Browns have put themselves in a very tough situation. Um, it's a good thing they have a bye week this week to get healthy. I think Baker needs this rest to get healthy. Um, a lot of the team needs rest to get healthy. Uh, but things, three things I noticed from that game, I was able to watch some of the highlights and also get, it is crazy considering I'm the only Browns fan. And there's a bunch of Ravens fans is that I got, you know, hounded by everyone uh, when I went to school, but Hey, it's part of the fun, right? Part of the fun of being a fan. Um, I think three things they need to get back to running the ball. Uh, they need to have a playmaker, right? They need, they just need a playmaker of some sort. Um, and uh, yeah, getting back running ball, I, I should start there. Like they need to just say, hey, we're gonna run the ball 25 to 30 times with Hunt and with Chubb and say, if you stop this, then we'll throw the ball. That's what they were doing early on. Chubb obviously got hurt. It kind of changed the game plan, but you gotta get back to that. Those screen passes, those kind of things, just getting people the ball, right? In the run game, especially especially. I mean, you have three good running backs. Use them. We need a playmaker. I don't mean at running back because you have two of them. And this is obviously not now, but they need to go out in the draft, whether it's a Garrett Wilson, a Chris Olave, a Jamison Williams. They need to get a threat that's beyond 15 yards because I love Jarvis Landry, but he's not a home run threat. He's a possession receiver. He always will be. They miss OBJ. I never thought I would say that. You know, OBJ wasn't getting much done. He still gave him that that threat, you know, uh, out there. And I think you won't. I think you'll see some guys about like Donovan people. Jones has been stepping up, but he's been injured. Like I said, they've been riddled with injuries and I, I think that's not helping them uh, by any means. Um, and I'm really interested to see what happens here in the next, you know, few weeks as they, they have a, a tough schedule to finish the year out. 
And I think the defense has been good, right? Like the defense at times has been really good. Uh, other times has been really poor. And when they have a good defense, when you have, you know, the NFL sack leader in Miles Garrett, when the defense is good, it's a very tough defense. But when it's bad, it is bad. And again, they haven't always been healthy. But I think they have to make a difference. They have to start playing better. And uh, I think you will. I think you'll start seeing this team play better. Uh, again, after this bye week, you have the Ravens game, which uh, we're going to have a wash party. So that's going to be kind of fun. But I think this the Ravens game at home is where you start this winning streak. You play them. And I think they play the uh, – let me look here. I know they play the – let's see. They play the – so they play – they have a bye week. Yeah, they have a bye week. Ravens, uh, Raiders at Green Bay, at Pittsburgh, then at home in Cincinnati. I I truly believe that they can beat Baltimore. They can beat the Raiders. I think they probably, and I hate to say that, will lose against the Packers. They can beat the Steelers, and they can beat the Bengals. They've shown it already. I think this team is a team that is good enough to make the playoffs. Will they go far in the playoffs? That's That's just something we'll have to find out. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what happens here at the end of the year, um, and so on. And so, uh, I, that's, that's really all I have for today. Uh, not a lot of news. There's a few news. Maybe I'll have another guest on here in the next few weeks. Obviously with the holidays, it's a little easier. It's a weird thing to say to get someone to call, you know, six hours behind you, uh, in time difference, but, uh, hopefully maybe I'll have my brother on some other people on and, uh, we can talk sports. Again, uh, be staying tuned. I know this weekend I'll be having a video coming out. I say that. I think I say that every week. But I, I should be having a video coming out of a time in, in, with Rebecca in, in America. That should be coming out this week uh, and a few more videos as well. Uh, if you love this podcast, make sure you like it and favorite it on all your podcast uh, holders, providers. What are they? I don't know what they call them. Uh, and then if you've loved this podcast and watching this podcast on YouTube, go ahead and click that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. That'll allow you to see Everything going on that will allow you to see all my new videos will be coming out. Um, any Christmas videos we do, vlog videos we do. We we like to try to you know video and uh, record as much as we can uh, when we do go travel. So stay tuned for that. It's it's definitely a blast to stay up to date with what uh, the Bowdens are doing here in Hungary. Again, I hope you have a good start to your holiday season, uh, and I hope that you have a blessed rest of your weekend. And until next time, we'll see ya.